I'm Dawn. And I'm Ashley. We would like to welcome you to the Work It, You Are Worth It podcast. Where two friends sit around and talk about healing, growth, and healthy relationships. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Dawn. How are you? I am good. How about you? I'm really good today. I'm I'm finally feeling better. So I was sick uh, Thursday and Friday. I started feeling better yesterday, and I am a hundred percent today, thankfully. Yay! That's how good, are yeah. you? I'm good. I'm absolutely exhausted. This week started my um, really busy time of at work, so um, it's kind of you're on late. I mean, I. I log in or get to work at like 8 and I'm on until you know well Wednesday I was on till 9 I didn't log off till 9 um so it's it's I'm at a place of 12 hour dates for a while and I'll have to work probably next weekend and the weekend after but oh that stinks but it is this time of year for you I know we do this every year (laughs) yep it is it's that time of year it's um there's a, a there's a there's a trade-off um right I'm working long hours I don't get to right I can't take vacation time right now I can't do you know it's I you know I'm I just have to be I have to do my job right now but the trade-off is I get um a very good amount of um PTO you know I was able to take three weeks off twice this year wow Right, I took three years off, three weeks off in the summer, and then I just took three weeks off for Christmas. Um, right, I have flexibi- flexibility from a place of oh, I have an appointment, I go to the appointment, it takes you know three, four hours, not a big deal. I just you know, I just get back on when I'm home, and I, there's no taking any, you know, I don't have to take any PTO time. Right, there's oh, if I want to log off early, I can so. Yes, it's torture right now. Yes, it's exhausting. Yes, I'm very, very tired. Um, my butt and my legs are sore from sitting in this damn chair. But the the you know just the 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 flexibility I have the rest of the year is very, very worth it. Two things to say to that. One, I challenge you to stop saying "but" and start saying "and," because both are valid. True. Two, this is the first year. This is we've we've known each other at this time for three years now, and mm-hmm. this is the first year that I have heard you say, "And here's all the reasons why I'm grateful for what I have." <laughs> like it's without hard. prompting, without anything. Like you are just naturally finding the gratitude, followed by the negative. Now, yeah. I, I, I am. I'm. I mean, I'm. It's. It's hard to right when I'm in the moment. Now, if you would have asked me Tuesday or Wednesday night when I was exhausted and I was like, "Oh God, this is so annoying," blah blah blah. But it's not. But it's never a conversation. Even a conversation with myself that I would not keep my job. Right. If I really hated it, I would just get a different job. But that, but that means I would have to get a different career. I'm an accountant. Right. We are busy at the beginning of the year. Um, but yeah, and I, I I am grateful and I you're right, I should say and and but and it's so funny. It's really weird sometimes. Have you noticed that I'll I'll be talking about something and I'll just say but and I won't even think about it. But then there's other times when I say it, I'll be like, Oh no, and yeah. Or sometimes it'll just fall in and it's just I, I think that's really odd and I need to do some self-reflection on that on what which times I do that. I need to be more so aware of that. For me, I know like I do the same thing and that's part of the reason it caught my attention. And it's one of those things, you know how I always get something that I get stuck on for a few weeks at a time and yeah. it tends to help me greatly. That is what I'm, one of the things I am stuck on right now is when I say the word but, it means ignore everything I just said and here's what I really mean. Right. And 
I don't want to mean that ever. I don't ever want somebody to ignore what I just said. I mean what I just said. I don't say it unless I mean it, or at least I'm trying to. And both things are valid. So when I say that, but I'm invalidating something I just said. Which tells ourselves a lot when we do that, right? And, you know, and, you know, I'm big on, on words, right? We've talked about the stupid. We've talked about sorry, right? These are things that we just flippantly would say. And it's like, no, take those out of your vocabulary towards yourself because that'll change your mindset towards yourself. And I think but is another one of those words where I am, if I say but, I'm negating something I said. And that, what does that tell me? Right? It might not be saying, you know, flat out in my face, you won't, you know, you're not, you know, you're not good enough. You're not this, you're not this. But there is that... Right, I'm saying something I don't mean or I'm taking back something I've said. I'm, I'm rejecting myself. Right. I'm abandoning myself, whichever. Right. And focusing on how we are speaking and what we are saying, how we are saying what we are saying, helps us to be mindful in the present moment. Like it helps keep me in the here and now instead of responding on autopilot because I'm making sure that I'm not calling names or beating someone down or right I'm focused on the words coming out of my mouth and the thoughts so I'm not off in some other world worrying about work or Jojo when really I'm talking to Johnny you know yeah it's interesting you said so um, the other night after the meeting there we stayed on for fellowship and I actually I did stay on for a little while and because um, we, you know, the the meeting ended up eating, ending at like nine f- or eight forty, you know, about eight fifty. Yeah, no, I ducked out at eight thirty. I was tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So during fellowship, there was this one person, and I've I actually have mentioned him before. He's he's new. Um. So he came back to the meeting, and he was telling us all of this story he um he was there was a in, so it was myself and the one ju- one person that we just love in the yep. meeting mm-hmm. yeah. i already know <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. so he it's, it's a gentleman but he stayed on as well so he was on the first time we had this conversation so he was on the second time we had this conversation and this so this person I wish I would have stayed on and been a fly on the wall in this conversation because I remember the person I remember Uh the conversation I know the other person you're talking about Uh and you I would have loved to be a fourth party in this room so I was the first time I was the uh, the more truthful honest real person you were the the sponsor you were the recovery mentor yes and the other person that you know um was much nicer and this time it was the opposite at one point he said we had this conversation a few weeks ago and Dawn called you out on this and now I'm going to I'm going to say that you, I'm calling you out on this because you're da 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 da. At one point it was it was it was very funny because he right he hadn't he hadn't grown and he anyways I mean he's new right he had only he's only been in the program for a few months. Right it takes time. Yes. But one of the things he said was that his wife when I try to apologize I try to say I'm sorry and she just gets mad like I don't she, I just don't mean that you don't mean it you're just saying it to get over there and I'm like well do you know well do you and I said because one of the things I've learned a long time ago, we just not we naturally just say sorry and not there's no intention behind it it's just like oh I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I've told right. myself I'm sorry I'm sorry so right when we were kids the words I'm sorry were these magical words that all of a sudden yes. just fixed everything so we didn't consider it we just when we screwed up we threw it out there sorry and, and expected to fix everything right and as and it, we became adults we realized or at least some of us realized those words really aren't that magical and they don't fix no. anything so his this person's wife is getting mad because he's saying it and she's not feeling like 
he really truly is sorry and I was like and so he of course you know he says why just don't you know she this and she this very much you know putting it on her and you know I said to him why are you saying just saying I'm sorry when she's going on and on and on you're saying I'm sorry are you just saying it because you want the situation to stop? Well, no. I says no. I'm not doing that. I'm 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 like I'm sorry. I did it. I said, but are you? I said we so often will just know, and this is kind of a little actually alludes to the conversation we had before we started recording, right? Are we intentionally saying, doing something? Are you intentionally saying I'm sorry because you are you regret something you did? Or are you unintentionally trying to get this argument to stop? Right. So it's, yeah, it's it, my aunt had three requirements that she taught my cousins. Um, I remember to them to this day, and I still live by them. I'll never forget. I was probably, God, eight or nine the first time I heard this. There are three requirements you must have in order to say, I'm sorry. And they are not anything somebody else can give you. You must have them within yourself. One is a feeling of remorse or regret or guilt. Two, um, empathy and understanding of exactly what it was that was done wrong. And three, the intention to change the behaviors and the actions to not do this thing again. If those three things are not inside of me, then the words I'm sorry mean absolutely nothing. And I think this was only like one or two times, right? This is one weekend. Maybe I, I spent the night at my aunt's house with my cousins and we, right, we were eight or nine years old. So my cousins would get into fights, their boys, or I would get involved and she would have to play referee. And this was the only weekend I think I ever heard her say that, but it stuck with me so hard. And my cousins, both of them, are such amazing men that when I consider how they are, who they are, a lot of it has to do with that, right? Being able to put down that ego, being able to put down that defensiveness and that I'm not wrong and, and being able to acknowledge somebody else. That's, gosh, that's so important. And, and it's so needed in relationships. I, 50% of marriages end in divorce, right? That's probably because 50% of people in this society do not know how to put that ego, that I'm a good person, I'm not wrong I'm better I'm whatever that ego needs to be able to be put down to say you're not telling me I'm wrong you're telling me you're hurt and I don't want you to be hurt so whether or not you believe that I hurt you I need to put away that defensiveness and say I want you to feel better how can I help you it's not about right or wrong. It's about hearing the other person and acknowledging what they are saying and what they are feeling. So you keep saying the word ego. So I want to um, actually, let's give the definition of ego because we do like to do that. We like to give definitions. Um, so the definition from Webster's, I think this is, um, is a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance. Oh, I like that. That is your ego. That is my ego right there. A sense of a person's self-esteem or self-importance. That's it. So one of the things we told this, this guy was... And I loved you alluded to it while you were while you were talking, right? It's not hearing he this he he was not stopping hearing what she was saying and processing it and then saying, Oh, I apologize. I hear what you're saying regarding dot 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 
and I am true I truly am sorry for what I did or what I said or whatever even if you do, maybe you don't even need to apologize right I'm just saying let's say you did right right maybe I'm not sorry for what I said or what I did but maybe I'm sorry for how it made you feel right I didn't I'm, want you to feel hurt or unheard I just wanted to make you feel better and so I threw words out that I thought would make you feel better without ever actually considering how you felt it, yeah exactly and so that was kind of it was a very interesting conversation so I would suggest the nights that this gentleman is on stay on it's it's very interesting conversation um, and obviously, yes, it was, it's always fun with the other person. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no. So, right. What brought all this up was I watched, a, a I don't know, what are those Facebook videos this morning? Um, and it talked about how to have a disagreement without that defensiveness, right? Without going on the attack. Um, and it brought me back to a situation uh, where I didn't even realize that my ego had taken control. Um, so about seven months ago now, um, actually it was about four months ago now, Nick and I had a conversation. And at this point, we were already in a pretty bad place, right? He was about as shut down as they could come. And I was about as tired of reaching out as they could come, right? So during this communication, I wouldn't call it a conversation because that's not what it was. But during this communication, he actually told me that he didn't feel safe. Um, and I didn't hear that. I heard it. Oh, I heard it. I heard it loud and clear. And boy, did I show him just how right he was. Um, it doesn't matter why he didn't feel safe. It doesn't matter if I have spent 17 years trying to be his safe place. It doesn't matter if I considered myself the safest human being in the world. None of that mattered in that moment. In that moment, what mattered was that this man had come to me and had opened up to me and had been vulnerable enough to tell me that he didn't feel safe. Boy, I took that and in my head I turned it into me not being safe and I got so angry and defensive that I became unsafe. I think I looked at him and I yelled, my exact words were, what the F do you think I'm gonna do? Punch you in your face? And I got up and I walked away. And then I came back maybe, I don't know, a little while later and I was like, listen, I'm done. That's it, I'm done. You don't feel safe? Go be not safe somewhere else. That day, I knew I had reacted wrong. Right, I knew that I had not been the best version of me, but I still could not see, literally until this morning, I could not see how I had allowed my ego to completely take over and it turned me into somebody completely different than I wanted to be. something you said and I want it, to it really goes along with eat your ego um, and it's I it's funny because when, when we start to decide what we we're going to talk about I actually said I was going to share a story about Mark that happened this week that kind of was along the same lines so I will get I will show that later but I really want to actually bring up what I heard you say so your ego has been so self-involved with Nick that you have been trying to be his safe place. Oh, hell yeah. God, yes. For a very long time, I attempted to be, like I went out of my way, literally, to do things that I didn't want to, that I didn't like, that I was uncomfortable with, just so he would feel safe 
opening up to me and allowing me to like right just so he would feel safe sharing with me and it's right you're in your head it's all about him I'm trying to do this for him I'm trying to do for this for him I'm trying to do this for him but what's the first word of that sentence right it was all me I I I I I I I right in reality I wasn't doing it to be his safe place in reality subconsciously I was doing it to prevent him from ever leaving. I was terrified of abandonment. I was terrified of rejection. And if I could be his safe place, if he knew that no matter what, I would always be here, then he would never leave. Then he would never reject me. So the reality of it was, it was nothing but ego all the way through from the very beginning. But I couldn't see that literally until just this morning I I couldn't see it is that was that bad that you you just realized that kind of this morning are you kidding I'm amazed I'm so proud of myself for being able to see it for see for like hmm. listen it sucks right it hurts to be able to look back on that conversation and to look back on that time and to realize that I became the exact opposite of who I am sucks. And it was a 17-year relationship ending. It was an emotional period. I had never been through anything like that before. Of course, I didn't do it perfectly. I was learning. Hell, I am learning. No, it's not bad that I saw it this morning. It's amazing that I saw it this morning. Because seeing it gives me a chance to never do it again. Seeing it gives me a chance to change it and to acknowledge it and to learn from it. So you have an opportunity of growth. Yeah, I I do. And... It's not easy, right? Putting that ego aside and putting away all of the reasons why I got to the point that I got to, it's not easy, but it doesn't matter. It, It doesn't matter why I became unsafe. It doesn't matter why I became someone I am not in that moment. It matters that I did it. And it matters that I see it, and it matters that I change it. Those are the only things that matter. So I'll share my story about what happened this week. So um, my ex-husband, for those that are new, um, we've been divorced 10 years, and it was not a good, healthy relationship um, when we were together, and throughout um, he has considered, considered, continued to like kind of not show up for Colin and um, and Dylan, and so Colin started his classes this or last week would have been well two weeks ago now, and I had asked Mark because I was going to be so busy. Hey, can you take Colin to class and pick him up? Um, context: Mark's office where he works is four blocks from where Colin's class is. He's that close to school. So I'm like, would you be able to? He's like, well, I work, I'm going to, you know, I work from home those days. Well, I understand, but could you, would you be able to pick him up, just go to the office and work and then bring him home? Otherwise, I'm going to have to go somewhere and sit for three hours because it doesn't make sense at the the time of day he has to be there for me to go back from there to home back and forth right you'd be home for 20 minutes exactly so he said yes he said okay no problem and then I you know I also want to really want to have my knee surgeries if possible so that would put me out completely so the first day came and it was the day that the whole country had those bad, really bad storms. 
and I'm sitting here working and I was like right Mark picked him up took him to school brought um we I get a telephone call from HCC the college Colin goes to and saying they were closing all the classes the uh, evening classes so four o'clock and on where the classes were canceled so I pick up the phone try to was going to call Mark and say hey this is going on Colin calls me classes were canceled I said did you call your dad no I said well call your dad and so he did and he calls me back dad's in the middle of the something and he'll he said he'll he'll get me it's just going to be a little bit okay well the school's going to close right they shut the school down doors get locked right what's Colin going to do Mark wasn't at his office so it wasn't even like Colin could walk there because that door's locked so I got in my car ran and got him not a big deal wasn't the end of the world we made it back two days later next day of class Mark has to has something else to do and so he couldn't take him to class so I had to take him to class and I came back home and all that worked out so last week at this point we find out one of Colin's classes is canceled so he only actually has to go for an hour and a half now okay so I'm like okay well I'll just I told Colin now if I only can if I only have to sit at a coffee shop for an hour I don't care right I'll drive down there just sit down there I take my work computer I work I'm good I'm completely functioned right that's so anyways yeah easy so okay that that's kind of a little bit backstory for everybody so Tuesday I think it was Tuesday or Thursday one of the days um we're Colin and I are leaving the house we're just we just pulled out of our complex and um Colin's phone rings and it's Mark and I hear Colin say well did my, you know mom's taking me we, we just left the apartment and I hear it kind of get a little loud so I was like let me hear Colin let me you know, let me talk to your dad and we'll get you know we'll get this figured out so Mark starts yelling at me and just I'm almost to your apartment and this is so inconvenient and I wish you guys would have you would have told me and I'm like well look Colin should have told you that's Colin is gonna be 19 I don't have to tell you right I don't have to communicate with you about our son in in all aspects right like he's an adult <laughs> he's an adult he can do this there are some things that we have to talk about right some things we don't this is one of those we don't and he just kept going on and I like I am so close to your appointment or apartment and I just did it you know he just kept on and he goes this is just it's just ridiculous it's just so inconvenient I was like yeah I know that's all I said let it go and of course he just he diffuses at that moment he gets off the phone Okay. I could have, I had two choices in that moment. I could just say, yeah, I know. Or I could have said, well, yeah, I, let's see, last week was inconvenience when I had to go get him because you, because of the storm. Yeah, I, it was inconvenient when I had to take him to class yeah it was inconvenience 20 or five years ago when you didn't do this yeah it's inconvenient you haven't showed up for Colin and I'm and I have to worry about it I could have done all that but that would have been my ego right that would have made that's me and my self-importance to remind him who is important instead it was just yeah I know right you're right it is inconvenient I get that it, it was inconvenient right you should have Colin should have told you but no Colin should have told you and he didn't tell you shit happens right like so in that moment nobody's looking for you to take accountability right you could have like you said you could have gotten all up in your ego you could have gotten defensive and and oh, well, it was inconvenient when you didn't show up. And so if I can't rely yep. on you, why do I need to consider you first? And you could have mm -hmm. rightfully so, right? Yeah. And it doesn't matter. 
So if I want to have a successful relationship, if I love someone, then I want them to be happy, right? I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want to cause them pain. I don't want to make them feel any negative way. I love them. I want them to be happy. But I want you to look at, I want you to say that a little differently because it's not just about people we love, right? I don't love my ex-husband. Right, it's anyone. It's anyone. It's, it's, I don't want to, I'm not trying to go out here and intentionally make people feel less important or trying to make myself more important, right? The intention that, again, it goes back to being whether you're intentional or not. I think we should do that with everybody. Right. I like how you said that. Okay. So to reevaluate the the sentence I was going to say is, yes, I don't want to make anyone feel unhappy. Um, When I talk about who I want to be, I want to be love. I want to be kindness and compassionate. I want to be a light in a dark place. I want to be all of those things that I don't know how to say I I want to be love all of those things that describe the feeling of what you give to someone that you love I want to be those things at all times And and you want those things yes I want I want those things at all times also yes and when someone comes to me with something that they believe I did, whether it's true or not, right? If if my kid comes to me and is like, gosh, I'm so bad at you. You never like me and you always yell at me. You're so mean. I'm not, typically, I'm not gonna take that in and actually hear what they're saying. No, they don't hate me. What they're saying is, They don't like my behavior right now and they feel like I am being mean. How can I look at that from my 12-year-old's perspective? Instead of how I can look at that from my perspective, which is, yeah, I'm mean, you don't like what I'm saying, you don't like having to do your chores, too damn bad, get your ass in there and do your chores. That's my ego. That's not me making her feel loved. That's not me being love. That's me being defensive. If I was being love, I would take in what she's saying and I would evaluate, am I actually being mean to her? Well, am I yelling? Am I demanding? Am I pointing my fingers? Yeah, those things are mean. Is there another way I could come at that? And then instead of being angry at her and being like, get your ass in there and do your chores, I could sit down and talk to her and say, you know, you're right. I was kind of being mean and I don't want to be mean. I was really frustrated because I've asked you to do your chores a bunch and it still hasn't been done. And I really need you to go do your chores so that I'm not whatever, right? Have that conversation. That allows their feelings to be heard and validated. That allows them to be seen. And it's still not me saying I was wrong. It's me acknowledging, yes, I got frustrated, and yes, maybe I yelled, and yeah, maybe I wasn't the nicest, most loving person, and I still need this. HP, just, he's he's kills me sometimes. So, (laughs) thank you for the cam story, because um, that was something I needed to hear related to Colin. So, one of the things, Colin is struggling this semester he has one professor that is extremely he's just a nightmare professor where he Colin actually has to hand write notes and scan them in um he's a millennial like he can't type the notes he has to handwrite them yeah exactly he has to handwrite them and scan them they okay not be typed the professor is there's um normally they'll you know especially with online class there has to be discussion so they'll like you have to post so in this class he has to usually it's 
post five times, reply to one person, your two people, whatever, you're done. This professor is reply five posts, reply to three, and then you have to reply to two that people replied to you. So he's really requiring participation. Uh, he is 100% requiring like it's in a classroom. I have to okay. kind of tell you I like that. <laughs> I kind of, right, I do too, actually. But Don't say that too loud because Colin hates I know. it. <laughs> yes, he does. But it makes sense why I don't mind it and he hates it, right? Colin spent, what, three of his high school years were in COVID. He didn't go to high school. So for him, everything's been online, right? He is a millennial. He doesn't know not having a cell phone. Right. He can, he can whip up a post for class on his telephone or on his cell phone. Me, I'd have to pull out my computer and, right, have a whole layout. Anyways, the whole point of this story, this story of what I was going to say was, so he's really been grumbling a lot lately and about how busy he is and how hard this is and, um, it's just so time consuming and he's got to, he's got to read more and just, and I have found myself saying to him more times than I would like to admit, but I, this is, I'm going to admit it on here. I wish I had to do what you had to do. Yeah. I have, I have to do this. Right, I would love to just do, worry about classes. No, I have to work and I have to make sure you have food and I've got to make sure the house is clean. I got to make sure this and I tell Cam and, that all the time. What is that? What is what am I doing? We're dismissing their feelings. Right? A hundred percent invalidating what they're saying. Yep. My ego is that I am more important than he is. And that what you do is more difficult than what he does. And therefore, he should just suck it up and go do it and be okay with it. But the part of it that I have to remember is Colin isn't even 19 yet. He's just, he's 18. He'll be 19 in a couple months. He's 18. I am 53. Of course my shit is harder. Right? We're not comparing apples and apples. Right? I'm 40 years or 35 years his senior Right, things get, it doesn't, I'm not saying what I'm saying. I don't think you can compare it, right? They're totally different. Exactly. Like, right, I could compare it if it was another 50 or three-year-old person standing here and we had the exact same lifestyle and we da-da-da. But at the same time, we don't have the same, all the same experiences, even if we are the same age. Nothing is ever apples and apples. It's everything is apples and oranges. Well, and and that's, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that's like that's comparison is the death of everything. Yeah. The only thing I can compare to is me to me yesterday. Yep. What were you going to finish? I'm sorry. I'm terrible about that. No, I actually don't wasn't going to finish. I kept messing up my mute button. So it sounded like I was going to say something and I wasn't. I just kept saying, I was agreeing with you, and then I kept saying, yeah, and then I, it was a whole thing. It was, I'm struggling with technology. (laughs) Yes, I hear that. Yeah, no, so, I mean, that's the biggest thing, right, is in a communication with somebody else, in a conversation, in an argument, in a disagreement, in a fight, how, not so much how, because, right, the how is by what everything we've talked about today not dismissing validating but like how difficult it is and how do we go about like not getting defensive not taking what someone is saying so personally right I mean it'd be ideal if every conversation was approached like I feel insecure because I want more of your attention instead of you're spending a lot of time on your phone lately. But not it's, everybody has the words to say, I feel insecure because I want more of your attention. That's usually what they mean. I know that's what I always meant when I was like, damn, something important on your phone. And instead of 
looking at the person and being like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just handling some work stuff. Let me put my phone down. Would, would you like to have a conversation? Can I help you? Do you need something? And focusing on that person, I would get defensive and be like, why are you worried about my phone? You're on your phone. That's like, how do we get to the point where we're not defensive and we are actually able to filter out the attack and hear the feelings? I think it comes with a few things. I think self-awareness, meaning I need to be able to fully understand what I need and why I need it. Because if you can't, if you don't know yourself, and we, right, we've had a couple of podcasts on understanding yourself. If I can't under, if I don't know what I need and what I want, I, and I have not, and I don't understand myself completely, because I'm very complex, I can't ask somebody else to, with clear and concise verbiage to get to give me what I need right how how do we how how, how do we look past on like on the other side of that when someone comes to us and they have horrible verbiage like uh, that makes us feel attacked how do we let go of that defensiveness and put that ego aside and just hear their feelings behind it well, and that's actually, again, I'm going to say, right, you have to know yourself. So I have to be connected with myself because I have to be able to take what they're telling me, what they're saying to me, and I have to reword it in my head to make it just like we do God. Right? Sorry, for anybody that doesn't know, that just hit me. For anybody that doesn't know, I, I personally struggled for a very long time with the word God. Anytime the word was spoken, I would cringe. It was a trigger. And I had to learn how to create this filter in my brain that when somebody said the word God, I turned that word into my higher power. That one word was turned into those three words in my brain there was like I don't know how to yep. describe it other than there was this filter where somebody would say the word God and I would hear the word God but before it reached my processing system the word God was transferred into my higher power it's almost like a strainer you know how like right <laughs> so what you're saying and, I, and I, I I love it what you're saying is we have to find a way to filter the attack and just hear the emotions. Yes. So have you ever had a conversation with someone in, let's say, in let's, we're going to use it in recovery here first. So working with a sponsee, and they will tell you something, and you don't hear what they say, but you hear the in-between oh, of yes. what they say. All the time. That is what we have to do with somebody else. But that comes from being able to put my ego aside and the way I put my ego aside is to know myself to know my own worth that no one else gives me my worth I am important just by being Dawn and I don't need to put that out there to, and show everybody else how great I am you, that's an internal something I have to know and when I know that and I live by that and I'm most of the time successful with that I'm not perfect right and that's why I want to say most of the time I'm successful with that I can hear what someone's saying and not get upset and I can put myself in their shoes to know like okay yeah that like in the case of Mark like yeah it is really really annoying when you expect one thing and then something else happens I get it I right and I think I think another thing that we have to add into that, I, that is very, very important. And other people's thoughts or opinions about us being none of our business, right? Like, it's for me, for me, I have to take out what the other person thinks my intention was 
because if they think I meant to do something to hurt them, I tend to get defensive because I never mean to hurt anybody. So if I take out what they think about me out of the equation, then I'm more able to hear what they are feeling and respond to how they feel rather than responding to what they think about me. What, when we look at what's, how do we get rid of and deal with our ego? I think that's the thing. How do you, how do you navigate through letting go of your ego? I don't think getting rid of our ego completely is the answer. I think that our ego, uh, I think that it, it, it is, oh, I don't know how to say it. It's that mask, right? We have to have that safety. We have to have that mask sometimes, like when we go to work and we have to be professional. We have to have that ego then. I have to be able to have some sort of self-confidence and self-perception, right? Um, self-importance. If I don't have that in some way, shape, or form, then I don't think I'm thinking positively of myself. I don't know if that makes sense. Freud did this thing, has this thing where he, we, it was ego, it's ID, ego, and superego. And ego is the balance in between ID and superego. So... And here's examples. I'll use actually examples instead of the definition. So e ID is very all about me. I want to do this now. Superego is it's not right to do that. So the right and the wrong, the black and the white. And ego is that I need, maybe we can compromise middle ground right so I'm wondering are we not we're not talking about full-on ego because ego is a balance is it ID right it's the me the I part of it yeah I, I, I think at least right none of this is like a set in stone right like the color red is the color red is the color red it doesn't matter what perception you have. It doesn't matter if you're colorblind. It doesn't matter. The color red is still the color red. Even if you don't see it as red, it is still red. I don't believe that when we talk about things like ego and love, that's the case. I think when we talk about things like ego, there is no set, right? Like what Freud believes may be different from what someone else believes I don't know any mm -hmm. new counselors but it, it could be different right it, it I think for me the ego is a balance it is the protector it is the defender but it is also if it gets out of control the thing that the thing that allows, I don't know how to say it it's the thing that allows us to get defensive and get in the way Yeah, so I, I'm thinking, I'm picturing a scale as you're talking, right? So if I'm in this balance where my scales are the sa at the same level, right, that is my kind of my sweet spot. Right. Where I am, right, where I'm good. I'm good. I can filter I or I can strain what people are saying. I can this. I'm not, I'm not giving too much of me when I go off balance on the right, but I'm also on the left. I'm not like, well, I did this and you didn't do this, right? On the left, right? There's, that's what I'm picturing. Like, right. It's like that off kilter part of it. But if I stay in that sweet spot, that balance, that doesn't mean anybody's wrong or I'm wrong or less than or anything like that. It just, it's this balance. It's. Yeah, it, it's like I'm able to hear someone else. And I'm able to see myself at the same time. It's, it's like Michelle Chalfant says, sitting in the adult chair. Um, I don't know any other real way to describe it, right? It's being able to put aside my defensiveness and my, I have to be good, my competition, right? We're always in competition to be better than somebody else or as good as somebody else or being able to put that aside. And I don't think you have to 
it's it's not putting it aside it's it's because i i don't feel like i'm putting it's like i don't want it to be there right i want it right. to be i want it i want to know that i am what i know my own worth know my own value and know that no one else has an impact on my self-worth Right. Even if what I am doing is causing someone else to feel insecure or unimportant, let's just go with the phone thing, right? That's a thing that everybody deals with in the day-to-day lives. Even if the fact that I am on my phone too often is assisting in my significant other feeling like they are not important, not as important as my phone, I do not need to get defensive. I do not need to take that in as I am making them feel unimportant. I can choose to take that in and say, okay, you feel unimportant. What things can I do? What things do I want to do to assist you in feeling less unimportant? Maybe... I'm doing a project and I can't stop being on my phone. Maybe I am not doing a project and I could put my phone down and come cook dinner with you. Maybe I have to spend the next three days doing this project, but as soon as this project's done, we're going to go get a cabin for the weekend and spend some one-on-one time together. There's a million different ways to process that. And in my opinion, it is very, very important that we let go 100%, not just put aside, let go of I didn't do wrong. It's not my fault. It's not about blame. It just is. I know I keep going back to self, but I, I do believe that is important. And you said something early when you started talking about the I'm on my phone and I'm sitting here and... Um, you were t- saying about putting that I put my f- phone down right so how did you say that shoot you were like like I'm sitting here and I'm playing on my phone oh I the person was saying that to you yes like I don't feel important but you know you're on your phone and you know I just want to spend some time with you 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 know it makes me feel unimportant why can't we say that to ourselves why can't when I'm on my phone right and sitting here scrolling and scrolling why can't I say to myself hey Dawn right I really don't feel important right now can we can you put your phone down you know I have started it's so crazy that you say that yesterday was yesterday was Saturday. I was homesick Thursday. I left work early. I was homesick Thursday, Friday. I was still recovering yesterday. I didn't leave my house. Like I don't, I think I went to the grocery store for an hour and that was it. I literally did not do anything for two days. And yesterday afternoon, I'm just scrolling through my phone. I'd run out of all the lives on my games. All of my games needed time. (laughs) I ran through Facebook. I'd played on TikTok. Like I'd been scrolling for hours. And all of a sudden, I don't know what it was, but something was just like, hey, put my phone down. Go write. And I did. I just went and journaled about what I was feeling and what I was thinking and just where I was. And that was honestly the first time that I can remember that I had decided that I wanted to spend intentional time with myself, like out of the blue, right? Like it wasn't planned. It wasn't part of my meditation. I wasn't just having a conversation because something was happening. I actually just wanted to spend time with myself. And I think it's because I've finally built a relationship with myself. And so you found your own, you have a, right, that's, I think that's having a relationship with yourself, kind of, and I don't mean it the way this is going to say, like, it minimizes the need for other outside relationships. Yes. If I have a good and healthy relationship with me, that doesn't mean I don't want them. That doesn't mean that I'm, I'm, 
like, oh, I never need to have another relationship, whether it's platonic, you know, friends, it's a romantic or what it is. It just means that in, in those down times, I have a great relationship with me. And so now I'm okay. Right. Instead of getting bored and deciding to sign up for a dating site or go to the bar or go text some guy, uh, instead of getting bored and looking for someone else to fill me up, I decided to take care of it myself. I decided that I wanted to spend time with me. And I think that that's your exact words minimize the need I think those are perfect because for so long there was this need this desperate need inside of me to have to find someone else I needed another human being whether that be my kid my friend my significant other it didn't matter I needed another human being in order to be okay and I don't anymore. Listen, it, it would suck. I would hate to not have the people I love in my life. It, I would absolutely hate it. It would be heartbreaking and traumatizing and horrible. And I would survive. I don't need other people to make me okay anymore. So that means your sense of self-esteem and self-worth are all guided and originate in you. And so you don't need anybody externally to to give you that. Yeah. And, And that's how you let go of ego. Does it really all go back to building that relationship with yourself? Does everything really go back to that? Yeah. Building a relationship with myself and my higher power. It's crazy how it all leads back to building a relationship with myself. Because I can't build one with my higher power if I don't have one with myself either, you know? Right. It's, gosh, that's so mind-blowing sometimes. And then I think it goes into, and I know this will eventually be a conversation, is our expectations of others, Right. If I, if I am good within me and I have built a healthy, loving relationship with myself, my expectations of others actually change dramatically. Yeah. They tend to go because away. I, <laughs> right. And that was actually goes back to completely in the beginning. What we were, you know, kind of saying is I am if I am good, all is good. Yeah. And, and right, if I have confidence in myself, if I am doing my best each and every day, then when somebody comes to me with a hurt or a grievance, I don't feel the need to be defensive because I know I have done my best. And it's okay if I made a mistake. My best now is to take accountability for that mistake and show what I actually want. Really, building that relationship with myself is the only thing that changed all that. Pretty, some pretty powerful stuff when you think about it. It's a hell of a conversation. Thank you, Dawn. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm over here and I'm like, for a minute here, I'm a little distracted because I'm thinking, like, when Colin gets up, I, I need to have a conversation with him. I owe him an apology. Um... I'm not going to just say I'm sorry. I owe him an apology because I have minimized his things and what and I want to I want to own up to that because I can be vulnerable and not take away from me. Giving to someone else does not take away from me. Thank you so much for another amazing podcast. Listeners, Dawn, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, this was a good one. I, 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 we were all over the place, but man, this was a good one. I feel like it stuck, right? We were all over the place, but it also it always stuck with ego. And gosh, I love it when we have these conversations like this without all the pre-planning ahead of time or the pre-talk. Like, I know sometimes we'll talk for like an hour before we get on the podcast. Yeah, we do. And I think that it, I don't know, this is so much more natural flow with us.
Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. This was good. This was good because, um, yeah, I have some things to take away and think about and work on. So that's which is what this is about. So me too. All right. Thank you so All much, right, Don. Thank you, Ashley. Bye. Bye. We would like to thank you for joining us on this journey of self-discovery. Visit the Work It website at workityouareworthit.com to submit your questions and topics for future episodes. And remember, work it because you are worth it.